What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lightsout Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. Things have gotten lively. Yeah, there's there's been a couple of fruitier ones in there. Considering going and joining Barsley Council. It's a bit spicy, isn't it? <laughs> Too spicy for my taste. The bloke is an absolute machine. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host Elliot Bermudez and on this podcast we bring you the latest Chargers news, we preview and review every Chargers game and we bring you the hottest content this off-season. I promise you that things have gotten lively, just a bit. Free agency's officially kicked off, tampering period, we're now into signing um, and things are moving rapid so we're going to move really fast. We're going to bring you to the, the big takes, we're going to give you the updates so let's have a little overview before we get into things. Chargers cut Casey Hayward. Isaac Rochelle seems to be on his way. Rayshon Jenkins off to the Jaguars on a ludicrously high deal. Um, Tyrod, uh, $12.5 to the Texans. What are they doing? Yikes. Nick Vigil um, disappears. He's off to Minnesota. Denzel Perryman, as of today, is off to Carolina. Interesting one there. Uh, biggest news, I think, is Hunter Henry. We missed out on him. Who? He goes to the Patriots. He goes. <laughs> Never heard of him. He goes to the Patriots um, along with Jonu Smith as a two tight end set. Um, interesting departures, spots to fill. Um, Mike Williams seems to be coming back with his fifteen million dollar contract, um, and the Chargers uh, signed Corey Lindsley. I think the top centre out there by a long shot. Matt Filer who is a very good guard under the age of 30 from the Steelers. Um, Mike Davis resigns. Interesting. I think we'll debate that a little later. And latest, uh, the big news that's definitely got Dan crying is that Mike Badgley is back for another season. Although I think there might be some competition. Dan, you can go and uh, go to camp and try and get rid of him from the kicking job. Um, we're going to talk to you a little bit about the free agent market. We're going to touch on wide receivers and O-line to... Two really interesting positions this season. Talk about the free agents. We're going to talk about the draft prospects. Some ones that have caught our eye. We're going to give you the latest view from the Chargers. What do we think about who's gone, who's signed. And we're going to get you ready for next Wednesday. A week today from when we're recording. Which is the UK NFL mock draft. Um, I run the Chargers. I've done it for a few years. I'm going to talk you through what's happened in the past because it matters and I'm going to my guys here and you on social media are going to help me set a strategy as Tom Telesco in that draft so guys I am joined by two of my most wonderful co-hosts this week which is London bound John Woz Jr. Good evening Bez on top of the world yeah uh, just one more night to go and then we're back down to the big smoke so currently sat here in my new Joey Bowser jersey, powder blue. Thank you to all my former colleagues and teammates at uh, Barsley Cows for chipping in and getting this awesome leaving gift. Somebody did their uh, homework. Um, let's hope that Bowser can uh, come up with multiple sacks in what is now a brand new season. That is an impressive leaving gift. So I'm considering going and joining Barsley Council just <laughs> so they'll buy me. If they, I don't know if it's if it's a good sign or they're like, just never come back here. Here, just take the jersey and go. <laughs> Washing it down with a, a nice Erdinger Weiss a bit. Is it decent? 
it's decent. It's going down like Liverpool because this is the Jurgen's Premier Choice uh, can that I'm drinking. <laughs> Not a good season for Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> good. Um, I'm also joined by the hero, none other than Mr. Hollywood himself, Dan King. Hey, Bez, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are yeah. you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, to chip in with the drinks, I'm drinking a Dead Pony Club from BrewDog. Uh, <laughs> working my way... Club. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a pale ale, this one. But I'm working my way through their lockdown survival kit. This is day number seven, I think. And I, I'm not them... doing one a day. I'm doing like one every other day. Every <laughs> of course third you are. Day. What, one an hour. One an hour. <laughs> Especially during work. <laughs> that is unreal. Yeah. Uh, do any of them taste taste remotely nice? Yeah. There's there's been a couple of fruitier <laughs> ones in there. But... Fruit oh, and beer should not mix. <laughs> oh, I, no, fruit and cider. That's the way forward. But um, I'm on uh, aptly named the Spaniard whiskey. Um, interesting story. Went to Birmingham for work and uh, ended up on a cheeky night out with a with a client, and um, you know, as the nickname is the Spaniard, ended up finding a whiskey and on, uh, I've had to import it. Go on. You went to Birmingham on a night out and find a Spanish whiskey. <laughs> yes, that's about as <laughs> random as a night you can get in England. Seriously. <laughs> so I'm on I'm on that. It's um it's got really nice tinge of sherry to it. It's quite a sweet flavour. So um I'm on that after a, a busy day, a busy week. Um and it's been really busy in the NFL guys, you know. Um what do we think? I want to get your opinion on first off, you know, what stands out to you in the guys that we have signed? Um was who are you in particularly excited about? Corey Lindsley. Highest paid centre in the league for a reason. He's outstanding. We really need to keep the momentum going now with the offensive line because we, we've we got arguably one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. Um, and as time goes on, I, I expect Justin to elevate himself into a top five QB. Um, there's no point in having a good quarterback if you've got a, a wafer thin offensive line. We had problems last season. Uh, and I think. If, if we're looking at a blueprint of what not to do, it's the Texans. You know, I, I can't, I forget how many times uh, Deshaun Watson was sacked during his career. It's well over 130. Um, we need to protect Herbert at all costs and let him do his thing. And Corey Lindsley coming in uh, is an absolute uh, great signing by Tom Telesco. And I, and I believe uh, his former teammate had a hand in it. Mr. Brian Balaga, is that correct? That's what I'm hearing. He didn't even vouch for us or something. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Pro- probably did. Um, you know, there's always somebody that's connected somewhere uh, in the NFL, and and um, you know the the fact that we've got a veteran there speaking highly of 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 the camp, the, the building. Um, something's going on positive there. Clearly, money talks, but. Um, I'm over the moon with the the arrival of Corey. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a big signing, you know, top center last year by a mile, big upgrade straight out the bat. The the big boy money goes on the center to anchor the the, the O line. We know it was important. There's multiple holes to fill. Um and what's interesting in this market, this free agent market, what seems to be happening is the elite guys get paid. <coughs> Trent Williams. Um <laughs> and and the other guys underneath Less so, less enthusiasm for the second and third rated guys. Um, but you know, 
clearly we've targeted this this signing to anchor that line. Love it. Really Warren Sharp uh, tweeted yesterday. Um, Dan Feeney allowed the most hurries, twenty four and precious thirty three of the any centre last year. Corley Lindsley allowed the fewest hurries, one and four pressures of any centre with a, with a minimum of seven hundred snaps. That speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, and Dan, are you excited? Have you got another name you're interested in? Um, sure well, we can't overlook, uh, is it Matt Filer as well? Um, brought in from the Steelers, the left guard there, who I think has played in a few positions, but has kind of settled and thrived at left guard for the Steelers uh, alongside Villanueva. Um, I think you put him next to Lindsley. You've got Bulaga out on the right. No idea what we'll do at the other two spots, but it's... It's starting to look a bit more promising, uh, especially when you take into account some of the other teams in our in our division as well. I mean, you see the Chiefs losing their top two tackles and the Raiders deciding that they've had enough of having a good O-line and they'll just get rid of them all. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's it's nice seeing seeing some money go on this O-line. Of course, we would have said the same last year with Trey Turner and Brian Bulaga. Um, and we all had a bit more faith in Feeney and Lamp. But I don't know, I, I feel a bit more positive this time around. I think it's it's backed up more by the play that these players have had. Because um, Trey Turner was banged up, not always playing. Um, when he played, he was elite for those few years in Carolina, but never really clicked here. Um, but yeah, I'm... I'm interested in the decision to bring back Mike Badgley. Um, I can only think it's just for just to have someone there on the roster. We've hit the minimum roster like count now, um, so just bring in a few more kickers and have a competition. Um, the only the only problem would be if we didn't bring in anyone else at kicker and just decided we'd roll with Mike Badgley. I can't see that happening. I think we're going to have to bring some competition in. Yeah, I'll let you know when I get my tryout. <laughs> well, actually, we've got a special, special teams coordinator, haven't we? So, uh, true, true. You know, George Stewart. Yeah, who, who makes kickers excel, as I spoke about previously. So maybe, you know, Badgley has been successful. Bring him back, see how he performs. We've also got um, another one. Is it Viscaino from the Bengals and the practice squad? He's bounced around. So there's competition. Um, I could definitely see us signing someone who's cut, maybe, maybe drafting or pick. No, probably picking up an undrafted free agent. Um, have a big competition, um, and I, I, but I, I reckon Badger will end up making the roster. Let's see. Be an interesting off-season narrative to see if he finds his nerve and if they've, um, you know, signed him at a, a, a team-friendly rate after what was a disappointing season. But don't forget, he never misses under forty. Um, Do you know what? I I mean, I'm really excited. Corey Lindsley, best centre. Matt Feeler. Feeler? Feeler. 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 Beluga. Matt Matt comes across in the Steelers and I had my eye on him because, uh, you know, you have in the guard market, you've got the elite... Joe Tooney from the Patriots and you know he's gone to the Chiefs goes to a competitor gets a ludicrous amount of money and then you look down the list and everyone's over 30 and we yeah. know injuries come in guards have problems he you know Matt's under 30 talented part of a winning team went down with a bit of an injury and the Steelers tailed off towards the end of their campaign so what a pickup under the radar signing 
Um, he was listed as the third best guard in free agent by PFF and Walter Football. So love that signing. Mike Davis, I get it. I get it. Casey Hayward overpaid for his injuries and his, his waning talent. And thank you, Casey, for your for your service. Loved it. But you know, ultimately, the time to get rid and reboot was now. Um, Mike Davis, for me, was had two Jekyll and Hyde parts of his game. The games that he was picked on and was a weakness and exposed, and the games that he was fantastic with pick sixes, interceptions, pass breaks. I think they've paid him a little bit over the top, but that he can... He's seemingly on a trajectory to get to the level of his contract and be a really good corner. I think more a cornerback... A good cornerback too is who he's going to be. So I'm happy with that. Don't mind the, filling a gap the, with a guy uh, we know. The Casey Haywood one's quite interesting. Twitter blew mm. up yesterday when, when the Chargers announced that we were cutting him. I think what people have to remember is we've now got a completely new coaching tree inside the building. And this is, we, we spoke about this at the beginning of the year. It was important to, for Telesco um, to nominate the new head coach so they could assess what they've got, you know, prior to this uh, free agency period. And, and clearly between Telesco, Staley and, and the rest of the coaching staff, they, they've got their heads together and said, Haywood is, is not a fit for this team with the money that he's commanded. And I think it's probably the right decision at this moment in time. Um, a disappointing one in the eyes of some fans, but that that's the way it is. You know, we've got a completely different perspective now on on what uh, what's required. And it's probably one of the reasons why Hunter Henry's gone. You know, I, I was, for me, it was nailed on that he was coming back. I thought we should have brought him back um, because it's another area uh, on the field we've got to now worry about. But clearly the front office, I've got confidence going forward that we can, you know, we can step up and we can win games without Hunter Henry. So it's it's worth bearing in mind we've got a completely different mindset now uh, going into the 2021 season. I just think the, the right decisions are being made with letting guys go. I like Denzel Perryman, but, you know, he's coming off the bench hard-hitting kind of guy, but he's been injured and, and someone else has paid him. So I don't mind not overpaying guys. Um Interesting ones, you know, Ray Sean Jenkins has got a contract that I think is well over what I would want to be paying for him. Don't want my money tied up. $35 million contract for for a guy that is decent, but is not a Super Bowl calibre safety by any stretch. So I'm more than happy to to see him disappear. Interesting, the Jack Boys is almost annihilated, and the only one left is is Derwin James. So... um, have you but, seen the uh, Have you seen the Twitter photographs of Derwin James? What's he doing? Looking C- CGI muscles on his on his uh, abdomen. The bloke is an absolute machine. Uh, I I just pray. I will be praying every night between now and the start of the season that he stays healthy because boy does he look super super fit. That is one dedicated athlete to keep coming back from injuries and. And turning out like he is, have a look. It's ridiculous. He's absolutely ripped. Probably got about two percent body fat on him by the looks of it. Well, hopefully, he isn't brittle and his bones are strengthened. No. Also, <laughs> um, you know, for me, you know, Casey Hayward leaving. You know what I've said, guys. You know that I disagree that we're taking a left tackle at thirteen, and I think cornerback is a huge need for this team. 
Um, and I pointed to I was potentially taking that position at that in the first round. I think it's going to happen. Interestingly, you know, Patrick Certain the second was my target. Maybe he doesn't get to thirteen. We've met Asante Samuel Junior twice. So, you know, there's a potential that you take him at 13 or drop back a bit and take him later. can see it happening. I really can. You know, if you... We're going to come on to some positions, um, O-line being one of them shortly. But if you sign a left tackle to get us through the next season, rather than sticking in a, a rookie at 13, then you're going to take a cornerback. You know, I could see an argument for tight end. We talked about about that in the last podcast but um I don't think I don't think we're going to get uh, a tight end to fit the bill at 13 I think it's going to come back down to to potentially a talented secondary to replace Casey um on Hunter Henry he's not elite he's not as good as Kittle or Kelsey he's the next highest paid tight end in the league and I just think it's it's way way too much money Thank, thank you for the Patriots and Bill, who seems to have had a knock on the head to go spending spree mad. What is he doing? But he's buying everyone up. Why didn't you do it when Brady was was at quarterback? Ridiculous. But, um, you know, good luck to you. Spending into oblivion. Hope you missed the playoffs, mate. Um, but Hunter Henry <laughs> is a tight end who, you know, 600 yards average for his seasons, five to six touchdowns a season, not elite, middle of the pack. He's talented but he's also injury prone. He's underutilised slightly. I just think that money, you wave goodbye. So thank you. Are you guys crying because Hunter Henry's gone? Or do you think, you know, 12, 13 million dollars a season was too much money? I'm not, I'm not crying. As I just said earlier, you know, it's just another area that we've now got to concentrate on. We've still got to fix the O-line. We need a left tackle. We need a right tackle. We need a cornerback. You know, it's looking like uh, Mike Dubbs coming back, so we're not too worried about wideouts, but it's just another headache that we've now got to fix because Henry's not there. Um, as, as you said, Bez, he's not a top three or four uh, tight end in the league, but he does a good job, and the fact that he stayed healthy in 2020 uh, suggests to me that he's 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 got that durability back. He's, he's put his injuries behind him, but... Is it thirty-five million the Patriots are paying him, and with a reduced salary cap as well? You know, it, it is a bit of a risk, um, as it is signing anybody with when you start talking of overinflated uh, salaries. So, I was a bit surprised, but it is what it is. I've got full faith in in Telesco to do his thing in the in free agency and the draft. Yeah, uh, you've got to have the faith in Telesco. I mean, it does throw a bit of a question over what we do in the draft now because we've got O-line, tight end, corner, those three needs really that we need to address in the first couple of rounds. I'm imagining we'll have to package our two third round picks to move up. Um, But it's then what order do we take these guys in? Because we need someone at each of those positions. Um, As for Henry himself... I think it's it's not a bad fit for him in New England. They've obviously got the money because they're not paying a huge amount on their quarterback uh, with Cam Newton. I think he's on a fairly low contract again. But Cam Newton's always been at his best when he's had a tight end that he can trust. And you can trust Hunter Henry, uh, I think, as long as he's healthy. Um, 
but he had Greg Olson for years and that partnership has made Greg Olson the player he is or was because he's I think he's retired now um so for Henry I think it's it's good um for us I don't think it's the end of the world but I do want some clarity over where we go definitely agree definitely agree um it's gonna be an interesting one Patriots spending big money some interesting names some ridiculous contracts you've got to say that they I just can't see beyond them taking even trading up to around the seven mark in the draft taking a quarterback probably the fourth fifth rated quarterback there putting it behind cam and um, and trying to run the whole Aaron Hernandez Gronkowski era plays um, and I hope it fails utterly miserably and they have an era of you know failure it's unfortunately for you not really I can't free it. I'm just looking now at our our rivals. Cardinals acquire Rodney Hudson for a third round and a seventh round pick. That's ridiculous. <laughs> there's going there's, there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some moves. Uh, I think in the next few days that are going to affect us inside the division. Um, Raid is clearly there trying to rebuild. And keep pace with the with the with the rest of the AFC West. That's that's quite interesting. Yeah, it, it really is, um, guys. I mean, was I know you had some strong feelings on this. There's some there's some guys left out on the market. Um, anyone you 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 think stuck out there for a reason? What are your thoughts on who's left? Well, you've got you, some. There's a couple of decent wideouts still there. Um, Juju Smith Schuster, Will's Fuller, um, Kenny Gol- uh, Golladay. But they've all been injury prone. I mean, Golladay's, uh, you're looking about 17, 18 million to sign him. You know, uh, T.Y. Hilton, if we were to take a, a wide out for a year, I would take T.Y. Hilton. Um, but it, it, it's looking like we're not going to need him. Um, yeah, they, they were they were the ones that stood out for me. They're still on the board. Um, no one stepped up yet and done any work to uh, bring them into their building. So. Uh, it's a it's an interesting one, but I think realistically, Zach Ertz could be the could be one that we could bring in. Um, that all depends on whether his former club want to re-sign him, but that's another option for us. Um, I don't know. I think there's another couple of twists and turns before before we we hit the uh, the NFL draft in April. Um, I just hope that we're not going to give anything away in terms of quality. You know, um, I'd rather see money going out and players coming in than than giving players away for additional draft picks. Um, yeah, that's just my take on the free agencies, uh, guys that are still there for the takings. Well, Dan, I'll come on to you in a second. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a perfect opportunity for us to come to wide receiver. First positional group that we've looked at this week. Things have moved, you're right. You know, Alan Robinson franchised by the Bears. Uh, Chris Godwin franchised by the Buccaneers. And that leaves, you're right, Justin, uh, sorry, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, he's young, he's exceptional, he's he's only 24. Kenny Golladay, you know, emerged as a fantastic receiving threat. A um, little bit, like you say, injury prone. Will Fuller, 27 didn't look great last year. Didn't step up into the one role. Probably needs to be well, this, a talented high end too. This is the point as well, Bez. You know, are they any of those coming in? Are they going to be? They going to accept being a wide receiver too? Because Keenan's, the, you know, wide receiver one. 
that that's the other issue as well. You know, are they going to accept being second, playing second fiddle, mm-hmm. or third behind Williams, or, or third? Yes, it's interesting because I do think wide receiver three is a position to improve. You know, we have some nobody names that stepped up a little bit. There were some some drops um, at wide receiver three. You have to have that talented trio. The top teams in the playoffs tend to have um, a multifaceted receiving core. You lose Henry. So really, we need a good set. So, you know, you've got Antonio Brown. The Buccaneers brought him in as a third receiver, and he was good towards the end of the season. Potentially dangerous for having a mental breakdown or being suspended, however. Um, Curtis Samuel. Um, from the Panthers, 25 years old, explosive, versatile. You mentioned T.Y. Hilton. Um, but you're going to get, you st- for any wide out coming in, they're going to get targeted by Justin. You, you know, it was very judicial, wasn't he, with the football last season? I mean. It, yeah, if you're out there, you're going to catch the ball. Correct. I, th- I think, was, was it nine? He had, he had nine receivers, was, was the maximum of any one single one game last year. You know, he's not. He is not afraid, is he, to, to share the football? Um, and I think that would be something in the back of your mind as well. Well, if I'm not going to be if I'm not going to be the wide out one, if I come in at two or three, I'm still going to get targets. I'm still going to make plays uh, and have those opportunities. So, you know, it's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it, for anyone coming in? It is. And and Dan, I mean, have you got any of these names, free agent wise, that you're really interested um, that stand out above the rest? Do you uh, think- I've said it. A couple of weeks running, I think. I'm all in on Curtis Samuel. Um, having watched every every Panthers game of his career, um, I think he just would complement the two guys we've got starting. Um, I think he, he'll be cheaper than a lot of the guys out there. Um, he's only really played fully the last two years. Um, and he, I think he had a COVID-19 disciplinary issue last season, but... I'm I'm prepared to forgive him for that, um, but he's just he's dynamic and would bring that extra kind of option to what we've got. I mean, we've got the route runner, we've got the deep ball tool threat, but we don't really have someone who can just burn past people. Um, and I, I I think Samuel's pretty much the only guy out there who I think is is in that mould. Um, and I'd, I'd just, I'd like to see what he can do for the Chargers. I don't think it'll happen now that we've uh, re-signed Mike, or not re-signed Mike Williams, but not cut Mike Williams. Um, and I think we will end up rolling with um, like Jalen Guyton or someone, and just maybe bringing another name in the draft lower down. But I, I think. Dan, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, speed is not a facet of our team, is it? You know, we've got plenty of what you call power players, strength mm. players. But when it comes to speed, if 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 the Chiefs are the benchmark on the blueprint for, you know, putting pace on the field, that's something. That's one area that we lack. Uh, and yeah, I and it's it's always been the ethos yeah, of the Raiders as well is yeah, to just get yeah. every fast player, regardless of if he's any good or not. The Raiders will sign them if they're fast, but we just don't be, have that. It may be something that we need to address. Other than Herbert, of course, the guys, lightning. <laughs> Whilst have you got any names? Who are you particularly wanting to see? Do you think we were going to sign anyone? Who stands out here? No, I think I think it's our strongest position, and without. Without adding pace, I think it's it's 
it's an area, it's a skill position that we can sort of be content with for this year uh, and look elsewhere. You know, we've got we've got issues on the other side of the football, haven't we? Um, so for me, wide receiver is one of those areas that I'm not losing any uh, sleep over. But if I was to if I was you know to bring somebody in on a one year deal, you know if he was available, I'd be looking at T. Y. Hilton. I mean, he's got a really good uh, set of hands. You know, he's dependable for the Colts, um, and I think Herbert would get the best out of him. It's just a buyer's market because the market's going to crash here because there are a lot of wide receivers out there that are talented. There's a very good wide receiver class coming through in the draft. There are you can take your pick. It's a buffet. Do you want a wide receiver one? Do you want, do you want a, a backup? Do you want a gadget player, a slot receiver? They're all there. And I think with a depressed market, I think we should take advantage of bringing in a guy. Um, and I'm the same. I like Ty. I like Curtis Samuel. Um, there's Rashad Higgins from the Bengals. Uh, was it no? It was the Browns? Um, who I thought was a, a talent last year and. You can go and pick up a guy that can improve over all the the, the names that we have for wide receiver three. Um, but I expect to, there to be plenty of options on the market. Uh, cheap, one-year rental deals, because people at wide receiver are going to gamble. They're going to gamble on themselves. They're going to try and stay healthy. And that plays into our benefit if we can have a cheap wide receiver for one season who's it's in his best interest to stay healthy. I, th- I think that we could see someone coming in towards the end of free agency. Um, interestingly, um, you know, Juju still stands out as one I cannot understand. I, th- I just think he must want too much money for the for the market. He wants to be paid as the, the top guy out there and, and no one seems to want to pay him. And le- I, unless he's just, just holding out for the right spot, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe he's annoyed too many people with his antics. The whole dancing on the field pre-game... All that jazz. I mean, prob- probably not, but there will be some people out there who put it as a knock against him. I'm sure. I would. I wouldn't be surprised. Couldn't. Couldn't agree more. But um, you know, the people, NFL teams this, this off season can be fussy at wide receiver. They can wait. They can see the market depress. The only thing I, I you know, someone's going to go out and and get bid up by by an agent and spend a ridiculous amount of money on a wide receiver, and we're going to say they've been conned. So Telesco maybe is trying to avoid being being conned at this stage. I think a wide receiver agent's probably saying, bide your time. Yeah, I think it, I think we'll still see a decent crop of wide receivers around there. Um some like wide receiver twos and threes after the draft who just haven't signed anywhere beforehand. Wait and see what all of these top receivers are coming out of the draft end up and then end up having to just settle for somewhere afterwards. I would also be interested to know if Staley's actually spoke to the receiver core in particular, Keenan Allen said, you know, what do you think? What are your thoughts? You know, uh, in your opinion, have we got the group to, to lead us forward or do we need to bring in reinforcements? Because I think Staley's a little bit less authoritarian than than um, Anthony Lynn. Um, there's, there's probably a million and one things going on right now in, in every building, in all 32 uh, franchises which just adds to the mix and we only get to see a small percentage of, of what goes on. Um, but it w- I wouldn't put it, especially with a new coaching tree and a new head coach, I would not put it past them 
just to be having a sort of a a, a straw poll on what's actually what what actually people think and and there will have been discussions I'm guessing with the players that are, are, are coming back to the Chargers as to why last season was a disaster you know uh, seven and nine record the season was probably worse than that um, and I think if you're coming in to take over the reins from a head coach if you're coming off a back of a poor season and you're not trying to spend at least some, you know, even a, a fifth of the time looking backwards and trying to learn from those mistakes, you know, I think that that's a that's an own goal. You know, shoot yourself in the foot. So I would not be surprised if 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 Staley's spoken to the receiver core to say, guys, what's your take on what's going on? Well, let's take a little look at the draft and see. I I, I guess my instinct is when you guys don't think we'll target anyone. Um, but let's give an overview for our non-chargers listeners that have been tweeting me this week saying thank you for the content. You know, we appreciate your messages. Thank you for listening. Um, so we have number one, I think, is is out of LSU, Jamar Chase, um, who skipped 2020, protect his draft stock. Looks like he could go number one. Um, what a talent. Look, looks, looks like the best receiver in college 2019. Big play kind of guy. Quality route running absolute elite speed and can pick up yards after the catch he is worthy of a first round pick definitely Um, especially when you consider he was the guy ahead of justin jefferson was it that's that's exciting isn't it that's exciting because he you know there's going to be a lot of tasty lip sorry lip licking gms that say well justin jefferson can do it jamar chase is better exactly and you, you wouldn't be upset. You know, I don't see as strength spending a first-round pick to get him in any way, shape, or form, nor drafting back into the first round to collect the guy. This is an elite game-breaker who's going to want to be number one. Um, if we'd cut Mike Williams, I might be saying yes, but um, I, I, I think he's going to find his home, and I think he's going to be someone I target in fantasy. If you're listening and you're in a league with me, do not write that down. Um, number two, Alabama wide receiver, Devonta Smith dominated in 2020 decided to play you know brave choice he showed that he can do everything well um i think he'd probably go higher in the draft if he packed on some pounds because he only weighs 165 um he's thin uh could be injured he can fix that he, he can fix that he could do uh but will it take away speed he plays thin but a lot of people love him for just being a pure and natural football player speed suddenness create separation he route running is is top notch gets open for his quarterback at alabama um he's a big he's a big guy and i think someone's going to take a punt on him i think i've seen some comments that he could end up going as the overall number one receiver i don't see that i think i think he's a step down from chase but this is a mid first round pick for somebody um to get a good solid weapon um for their franchise um moving down another alabama wide receiver yes here we go. Yeah, we, it well, is Chris yeah, Chris, no, Waddle. No. Chris Waddle. Chris Waddle. Chris Waddle. Jalen Waddle. You've just given away Waddle. the connection. I just, yeah, I he, should, he should be the number one for me. <laughs> <laughs> We're biased. We're Wednesday fans. We want Waddle on the back of a Chargers shirt. Yes. Like, our, like we have Wednesday shirts. But um, wow. Showed signs really becoming a more re- refined receiver. But missed mostly with an ankle injury. So could knock him down draft boards. Um, the, the, might the, even. Go on. The interesting thing about Waddle and Smith is uh, the fact that both come from Bama and, you know, whether you love Bama or not, Nick Saban 
you know that that's a top program there, and you would argue that those those um, players that come from that uh, that college are going to come as well schooled as anybody. Uh, so that that's always an interesting yeah. sort of take for myself. Yeah, I'm going to make a prediction. I think he drops to the second round. I think with the there's there's some notes out there that he's not quite polished. He's more of a originally he was he was definitely highly rated and people felt that he was going to be the next Tyreek Hill. Um, go look at his highlights from 2019 Elite. But he's not very polished. He has some root running sharpness to improve. His hands need to improve. He definitely can be seen potentially as a bit of a gadget player, and he has an ankle injury, so. I think he's going to drop into the second round, and you're going to see a guy maybe very end of the first, but I think early second round. We will get, we're going to go to bed after the first round, and Jalen Waddle will be top of people's draft boards and wondering why he's there. I'm calling it. Would you want the Chargers to draft up in the second round to get him if he was available? No, I know you was. No, no, no. Dan. Uh, no here. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I mean, I would definitely not cry tears if we picked him up in the second round. Um, but I think there's some. There is a little bit of concern. Um, just just adding a couple more names in the free agent uh, in the in the draft. You've got Florida's Kadarius Tony. Um, that's my guy. He's a, yeah. Tell me about him. What's your thoughts? Um, I I think you can kind of look at him the same way you look at Curtis Samuel. He's fast. He was a two sport athlete. At, college doing track and field as well as football so um, it's not like you're getting a, a basketball player to play tight end this is a a fast guy who's just he's fun to watch with or without the ball so I, I I'm gonna watch him wherever he goes I think at least for this first year unless it's somewhere terrible like um, I nearly said Oakland uh, Las Vegas um but uh, I, I wouldn't be upset if we took Tony, say, the start of the second round. Um, or even, I, I don't know, if we packaged a second and a third to move up and get him in the later half of the first round, I'd probably be a bit disappointed. Because I think, as I've said, we've got some other glaring needs. But were he to fall to us, I wouldn't be against it. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a great shout. And he has lots of uh, potential as, as a punt returner. Uh, likes the open field. And yeah, I, I, I think that's a great take. Let's keep an eye on him, see where he goes, see how fast far he falls. Um, are there any other names particularly that have stood out to you guys? What about you, Was you know, no. you've you met the the Waddle, Chase, and Smith are the are the top three. If if I was having to select a uh, a wide out, those are the names I'd be going for. Uh, was that your just just your one, Tony? Was it, um, or do you have any other names, Dan? I've literally written down. Um, for this segment, I wrote Curtis Samuel, Kadarius Tony. They're the only names I've written down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, this isn't a position that I have deep dived into. Um, but I do think that we're going to have some interesting lower lower drafted players who sat... It, it's normally the wide receiver market before a draft really depends on the latest season, fluctuates heavily. And a lot of these guys sat out 2020 avoided injury coming into the draft fresh and and now just have ambiguous mid-round tags to them somewhere between the second and fifth round and there's going to be some steals i think in the mid-round if someone falls to you you think can complement your your team um it isn't devastating to, to go and get him go and go and get your guy um I, i'm interested to see where dimitri felton start comes from 
UCLA. I think we spoke about him a little bit um, on last week's podcast. Um, you know, he's he's someone that we talked about. Was did you mention him, Dan? because he was a running back um, behind Joshua Kelly at, at UCLA. Yes, uh, and yes. I went. I went and looked at him because you brought him up, and actually see that he could be a bit of both. Um, listed as a wide receiver by scouts, effective running back for the Bruins in 2020, um, could fit as a bit of a gadget player, someone a bit special. Um, and I think you mentioned just, just Joshua Kelly's career is not headed in the best direction right now. Um, could could this help? Could this be a good one-two tandem punch? Something a bit different. Yeah, revitalize Joshua Kelly a bit. I think Kelly. I'm expecting him to bounce back in 2021. I think we're going to. <laughs> well, let's put it this way: our previous coaching staff were indecisive. Uh, I don't think we're going to get that with Staley, um, and uh, certainly with Lombardi and on on the offense. And I think you know Kelly will come back uh, in 2021 and have an impact. I'm not saying he's going to blow the doors off, but I think he'll he'll improve massively. Um, in effect, it could be like a new signing for us if we do get if we do see uh, an upturn. Uh, same with we already spoke about Derwin James. You know that's another player that if he stays fit and healthy, that's another boost to the roster. So it's that's a good point on 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 Kelly there. Hold on to your hats, guys. We're turning our attention firmly in the direction of the O line, all the positions, and we know this is a big one. And we know that um, Justin Herbert. Didn't have the time he needed last year to take it. I mean, to be fair, I've said this before, and partly my rationale behind not taking a tackle at 13 is that even behind one of the worst O-lines in the NFL, Justin Herbert had the ability and nous and escapability and athleticism to get away and be the best rookie of all time, bar none. However, we need to protect him, to give him even more time to shred opponents game after game. Um, and there's a rebuild on. Clearly, Telesco and Staley have decided that, you know, like everyone has seen, we need to invest in some pieces. Um, so let's just touch on the, the three positions. We went out and got the number one free agent centre, as I mentioned. Five years, 62.5 million. He is one of the top centres in the NFL. The, the the Packers really struggled when he disappeared. Um, he's now in his 30s. It's not a big deal. He's a relatively healthy guy, certainly compared to the guys we've had before. Um, wow, what a signing. Um, interestingly, for, for you non-Chargers fans, David Andrews tested the market. He was a guy I picked up on. John Ayres picked up on him too. From the Patriots, wanted to test the market. I think he's had the injury. He's a step below, and I thought that's where we would go in, but we went and got the, the cream. We didn't drop down. Um, Alex Mack interestingly went to the 49ers as they also tried to strengthen their, their O-line um, but we, we weren't messing around were we we went and got our guy um, I've also read that we've been looking at centres who can play guard um, Ethan Pochich of the Seahawks just 26 young centre loads of upside can play guard um, definitely one I've been looking at tape on and think could be could be a talent um, but you know we've got our guy we don't need to worry Interestingly, um, I'm going to touch on it and I'm going to ask for your opinions. And sit down, everybody. Just just have a sit a second. Brace yourself. Trent Williams re-signs with the 49ers. Thank God he didn't come to the AFC West. 
six years, $138 million. Dan. It's a bit spicy, isn't it? <laughs> Too spicy for my taste. You wanted him, though, didn't you, Was I did. It goes back to what I said. We've got uh, we've got the makings of one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL going forward, and I think we've got to be serious about protecting him. But he's come at uh, <laughs> well. What can you say with those with those numbers? One hundred thirty eight million. That is absolutely ridiculous. You need Trent Williams to play lights out. The return of investment there, the risk on that is 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 phenomenal. Um, he needs to stay healthy for every uh, single game, every single snap between now and the end of his contract. But is it a case of the Niners didn't want him to go anywhere else? Uh, that's why they've paid him. Or is it a fact that they, they couldn't live without him? Uh, probably a mixture of the two. But that is an awful lot of money. It just, <laughs> you know, and who have they got playing quarterback? At the end of the day, um, it's their decision. And like you say, Bez, uh, I'm glad he didn't come to us for 138 million quid. We've got too many gaps on the roster to be paying that sort of money, um, despite the fact that it's a, a, it's a pivotal skill position for, for, um, for any team. Well, let's touch on the top three agents at that position because I definitely wouldn't have spent that money and it's ridiculous. He's a 33-year-old, very talented tackle that is about to drop off a cliff. I don't care how talented you are. Age is going to catch up at you at that position. Um, you know, left on the market. Alejandro Villanueva, um, 32. He's a very talented tackle. I'd take you know, him. Yeah, well, we've already got the, the, the left guard from the Steelers. Why not get the left tackle? I would take him for a year. I think he probably won a longer-term contract because he's probably his final one in the NFL of any significance anyway. Um, and I think there's probably a little market for him. So he's, I think he's the, probably the best tackle left on the market. Um, Mitchell Swartz of the of the Chiefs uh, is now a free, free agent. Great right tackle uh, for any of you teams that need need one. But, he's, but I think there's rumours he might be hanging up his boots, his cleats. But um, yeah. we don't need a right tackle at the Chargers. So if you do, you know... Don't think he's going to be available for you. Um, Rick Wagner, Packers. We've you know we seem to like Packers. Uh, we seem to like Packers uh, tackles and 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 uh, well O line men in, in general. But uh, he was released for for financial reasons, not necessarily because of his play. Solid starter. Um, Riley Rife of the Vikings, thirty two again, maybe the wrong age. But he was released again for financial reasons. There's a lot of teams that have overspent, and um, you know, could we pick him up? I wouldn't mind Riley. Um, are there any of these names, bearing in mind you guys and everyone else has a massive hard on for tackles in the draft? You're wrong. Um, but we'll come on to that shortly. Uh, are there any you actually desperately want instead of drafting, or as well as drafting, Dan? Nah. <laughs> no, I've I've <laughs> I've looked more more into guards um than i have tackles uh, i can't say that i'm too well versed on the tackles that are out there um other than say russell okung who i think i know a fair bit about um mr bitcoin himself um but as far as tackles go there's there's no one that now calls out to me i think i mentioned two weeks ago 
maybe four weeks ago at this point, uh, I was a fan of Villanueva. Um, and hey, if if Bulaga can put in the word to get Lindsley, why can't Filer put in the word to get Villanueva on board as well? I think one thing that we're forgetting about here is staying in the division is the Chiefs, arguably uh, this year's Super Bowl favourites. Um, certainly from the uh, AFC perspective, the Chiefs, as we, you've just mentioned it, Mitchell Schwartz could be could have played his last snap. They're also like unlikely to have Eric Fisher available going into the twenty twenty one. So that I think you expect them to be quite aggressive in free agency and the draft when it comes to uh, the uh, O line, uh, which is a bit worrying really because you know. It's it's bad enough when you're competing, um, you, you know, against your rivals, but we've got so much ground to catch up with to get to where the Chiefs are. Um, and if you if you're a player and you've got option A is the Chargers and option B is the Chiefs and similar money, where where are you going to go? Especially if you're at the late uh, end of your career, you're probably going to think, do you know what? Chargers might be eight, nine years away from winning the Super Bowl. Chiefs are arguably going to be in the Super Bowl again. Yeah, and if you've got the, the chance to protect for Patrick Mahomes, you're going to take that yeah, chance. Well, well actually, I'd, I'd prefer to protect for Justin Herbert. Well, <laughs> so, same here. But, you know but, what I'm saying? You know, yeah. it's it's something, we again, we've got to be mindful of, and this is what Tom Telesco gets paid the big bucks for. He, he's got to navigate all these permutations and... I'm glad he's got the headaches uh, and not myself because it's just an it's just another it's just another um, angle that um, we we've got to be mindful of and it could be something that gets in our way of signing one of these players because that that player is is, is probably thinking if I'm going to go somewhere I want to be at least making the playoffs. There's no guarantees the Chargers are going to make the playoffs. No guarantees the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs, but They've arguably got a better chance than we have, just because they've got, um, you know, they, they've got a better roster overall. So yeah, it's it adds for, for the neutral, it adds the interest, but for us, it's just another sort of headache and sit tight and wait to see what happens. No, it's it's an interesting market. I like Villanueva to take the pressure off thirteen. I think, contrary to everyone's narrative, some good tackles will be available in the second round. Uh, and we'll come on to that shortly. So, so I'm definitely taking Villanueva. Um, there isn't really anyone at. The only problem I've got though is if it isn't Villanueva, um, I need Riley Reif. Uh, Riley Reef. I don't know how you pronounce it, but um, <laughs> he he's a guy I've followed through his career and I, I've always liked. So I would definitely rent him for a year. I think there will be rental options in this market later on, and I think these guys could be available. Um, you're, you're likely to get Riley at a reasonable price within not too cap painful. Um, and he's been pretty solid. So you, so you can bring in a guy in the second round who's dropped, and you can bring in Riley to coach him and be there. And you add both immediate starters, future starters, and the depth flexibility on the line that we seem to have. So, so I, I, I'm I'm like that. And then you know you mentioned Dan, you looked at guards. So let's just give our listeners an overview. Um, Joe Tooney loved him, overpaid, five years, eighty million. I was disappointed Brandon Scherf was franchise tagged. I really thought he could be a good option. Um, but we went, as I mentioned, and got the third option on the market, which was really the best 
of the non-overpaid guys in Matt Filer that we talked about earlier. Three years, 21 million is so cheap. It's ridiculous. Um, but I still think we have a need at guard in the Chargers. So for, for everyone, regardless of your team, the, 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 rest, the best of the rest, uh, Gabe Jackson Raiders, very talented guard, but on the d- downside of his career. Um, Lane Taylor, Packers, what? What are you doing, Packers? It is not a, like a, a market stall sale for O linemen. All of them on the market, <laughs> literally. I don't know what I don't know what like they're going to do as a franchise. Just just start five nobodies. But um, he's very talented. Hey, we did one in. To be fair, yeah, we did. Um, so he should, so he should have been doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's he's injury prone but talented. Um, and then you know Trey Turner. Uh, we've cut. We're pleased. Talented that, that disappeared through injury, but he's 27. So although he's been injury ravaged, I wouldn't be surprised to see him one of those guys that revitalizes his career somewhere, and um, maybe gets a bit overpaid, but is lives up to the contract. And we're all a bit like, oh, why didn't he do that for us? But um, we'll see. Um, and I think he was overpaid here, so it makes sense that we cut him. It would make sense for someone else to pick him up. And he was working alongside a not-fantastic centre. Let's not forget that as well. Really true, really true. And and he was outperformed even when he was playing by Toner, of all people. I like Cole Toner, who's um, visiting the Texans, I believe. I thought he'd come back, but didn't we sort of do... um, Didn't we re-sign or tender Tyrese and Louis, um, who actually looked good? As, as, as he definitely improved he's... throughout the year, didn't he? He did, and I think they're quite comfortable with him going into camp. Um, interestingly, at the guard position, the last name I'll bring up in free agency is Kyle Long comes out of retirement. Hi guys, I'm a bear. I'm retiring. Thanks for the thanks for the memories. Um, and then comes back a year later. So he's got a really bad injury history, missing 20 games in his last two years. But he's really talented and saying. Uh, in his interviews that he's back up to full fitness and feeling great. So, you know, maybe at 32 he's still got some legs in him. I wouldn't touch him, but someone out there is going to rent him for a year and give him a... Agreed, Bez. We need to stay away from the injuries. We've had far too many. And if, you know, we've already mentioned Derwin James, but we've had had a lot of bad luck. Mike Pouncey, um, we we, we try... We've got to turn this injury situation around. Um, It's a physical game and you're going to get them. I understand that, but there's no point inviting someone into the building that is renowned for having those um, injuries that keeps them off the field. So, are there any big names you think to fill the charges need, remaining need at guard? Uh, Dan, over to you. Okay, so there's a, a couple of guys I've been looking at. Um, just neither, neither of them are, are huge names. Um not anymore for one of them at least, and that's um, Mike Ayupati, who um, was most recently playing with the Seahawks. Um, he, he's had a solid career. I mean, he's he's played 11 seasons, um, but he still played 10 games last year, 16 the year before, and played better than any guard we were starting last year. Um, he's he's getting on a bit. I, I say uh, he's, he's younger than me, but he's getting on a bit. <laughs> uh, but I think... I think uh, I'm just looking at his contract details from last season. He had a cap hit of two and a half million. I think if we can bring him in for two and a half million for a year, I think that'd be a decent stopgap 
Um, the other name I was looking at was actually an Englishman. Most recently of the Patriots, Jermaine Illuminor. Um, who, again, similar kind of level, uh, maybe worse than than Party, but I don't know, similar kind of price. I think we get him in for a couple of million for a year, see how it goes, and see if playing alongside the best centre in the league helps. No, I, I think my personal opinion is that the Chargers' strategy now is to go and... and uh... Add to the O-line in the draft. That's what I think will happen. Well, on that note, let's turn our attention to the draft that you're all so desperate to uh, to look at. And we'll go through the different options, uh, both for the charges and in general. Um, so tackle. It's here, guys. The, the big position you're all throffing at the mouth for. It's nailed on. You're guaranteeing it. Yeah, come on. It's not happening. You heard it here first. But anyway... Um, Stop me if any of these names are guys you want to talk about. But let's start with Penny Shewell. Not that we've ever talked about this guy before. Um, OT out of Oregon. I think we know he isn't going to reach the Chargers. This is a top five pick. Really? Um, I'm going to challenge you. <laughs> oh, do you think he's going to drop somehow? Go on, you go on. Yeah, you know I'll what? If you feel free to, feel free. Um, most sources on the internet. Uh, most of the interviews, most of the videos, and my own opinion from the tape I've I've watched, is that Sewell is better than Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Mekki Beckton, Tristan Wirfs. This guy is the best tackle to come out of the NFL draft for a significant period of time. He is dependable, a good athlete. He has agility, quickness, moves in space, kick-out blocks, zone runs... He loves overpowering defenders. He loves getting out and hitting them. He dominates. He's a brilliant blindside blocker. And the best thing about him is he blocked for the greatest quarterback in college history, Justin Herbert at Oregon. Um, he's going first. Tackle off the board. Come at me. Was. So, I'm going to put a different spin on it just to shake things up a bit. I am Tom Telesco and the uh, Jaguars have just taken Trevor Lawrence. I'm trading up immediately. I'm going to be aggressive. So let's assume the Jags take Trevor Lawrence and the Jets take Zach Wilson, okay, BYU. Realistically, the first team that needs a tackle is the Bengals at number five. We can jump up um, and and take the Dolphins' uh, third overall pick and offer them something ridiculous like the next two years first round picks or or next three years first round picks and we take Sewell to protect um Herbert at left tackle. I think I think that's the only way that it would work because you've already said Bez, he's gonna be the first tackle off the board. Um and I just don't think that he falls outside the, the top ten. Um and trading up with the Dolphins is the only way I see we could get Sewell. But for me, it's roll the dice. Just go and get him. At all. Uh, I, I don't want to say at any cost. Thank, thank God you're not in charge of our franchise. Three first round picks. This isn't the uh, draft day movie. You are, listen, you are not listen, Kevin Costner. Listen, listen. <laughs> if he's as good as he said he is, you know, he's going to be a left tackle at the Chargers for the next 12, 13, 14 years. 
that, that's you know, what... taking three first round picks to me is the equivalent of paying 138 million dollars for you so so pay. next so next next year Not okay, okay so in in any given draft generally the the top picks are quarterbacks you know tackles um we don't need a quarterback okay we need a quick and hard, fast tackle to come in pretty pronto. Um, so it's not like we're going to be chasing a quarterback for the next three or four years unless something drastically goes wrong with Herbert and he suffers a, a career-ending injury. So we're, we're never going to take a running back or a wide out at, um, at, uh, in the first round. And I think this is the, if we're going to be so aggressive, this is the time to do it, quite frankly. Well, let's move on to find out who the more realistic options are because we ain't doing that. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Look at him. There's a lot of love for USC tackle slash guard. I think better at tackle. Um, and that's Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, with Ashton Jackson over in the NFL, he took over USC's um, left tackle role. And I don't know. I, I wasn't particularly enamored. But a lot of people love this guy. Um, he's good at pass protection, smooth hips, slides really nicely, quick, good agility. Um, speed rushes in particular he handles really well. Good in bending the knee. He's developed his technique. He has strong arms, strong frame. He is not a bull rush defensive... Sorry, a good defensive... Sorry, he's not very good against defensive ends with strength. If you imagine him in training with Bosa coming at him, getting bull rush straight back into the quarterback he's going to lose. He needs to add strength. He needs to maybe max out his his um, ability to deal with strongest guys in the NFL. For me, that is not the 13th pick in the NFL draft. I think he's talented. He's a rising player. I would take him if we drafted down. For me, he's he's this is this is overpicking. And there's a love fest for him on Twitter with Chargers fans. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Um, I'm going to talk about some better players Rashawn Slater a lot of people think he could end up being a charger out of Northwestern um, I think that, that some people also see him as a second rounder there's a bit of a discrepancy the majority are seeing him moving into the first you, you, um, you've got Slater and Cosby haven't you basically every dr- mm-hmm. mock draft I've seen have, have got either us or the 49ers taking one or two so I really don't like it I mean I'm trying to build this narrative to defend my position and this this is why I don't think 13 is a good spot for a tackle because you've got Vera Tucker, who is too reliant on just playing speed and not strong enough. Rashawn Slater is he's a great athlete. He's quick. He's agile. Um, but he hasn't got height. He hasn't got length. People think he, he's probably better as a guard. He reminds me of... Um, what was the tackle we took? The guy that went to Seahawks. Big guy, slammed around. Danny Lee Jesus Fluker. <laughs> Danny Lee Jesus Fluker, yeah. Fluker, you know, I think we DJ. overdrafted Fluker. And DJ, we weren't sure where he, he fit in this great scheme of things. And he proved that we overdrafted him from his career. Good, you know, good guy, but certainly not where he should have been taken. Starting guard um, nowadays, least... though, and a free agent. But, but that's the beauty of the draft, isn't it? It's a massive lottery. It is, but I just don't think I don't understand why this is loving because Slater and Elijah Vera Tucker are not good enough for the thirteenth pick. You then look at Christian Darasaur, who seems to be sliding down draft boards. He played well as junior. He created a buzz. I think I've seen a lot of narrative thinking he would be the first tackle um, 
quite early on, and then he slid down. I think I prefer down, him. Down. Hang on but a so I'm what not... you're saying, Bez, is what you're saying is we need to be aggressive and trade up for Sewell. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I am coming around to your way of thinking. Maybe I like Darasaur, but, just... but I'm not. I'm not like the shining light of wisdom on this area. But I like I like um, Christian Darasaur, and I wouldn't be against us taking him at 13 just on what I've seen, but. I'm not an O-line expert by any means. Mate, you smash me to pieces if you think he's a decent round pick. But, you know, I, I think he lacks physicality. There's no mean streak to him. He's not killing anyone. He's not absolutely destroying his guys. He is a late first round pick that has risen because of his early buzz. For me, and I know most people disagree with me. So actually most people are on your side, Dan. <laughs> um, so I, I'm fine with that take, to be fair. Um, another name. Alex Leatherwood, I have started to see draft mocks yeah. where he goes into the second round and we trade up to get him. Yeah. But um, Alabama tackle, I think that he's quite a messy guy, a messy tackle. He needs to improve his technique. He's not great in the run game. Um, he's he's not a people mover with the strength, but he's quite good against um, he, sort of the, the speed rushes and actually if if I'm more comfortable with a second round pick for Leatherwood than I am any of these first round picks apart from Sewell um, I actually am starting to come to guys this is a hot take you ready clear the decks oh boy, I am starting go. to I am starting to come to the opinion that this draft class is an overrated tackle group and actually apart from Sewell the rest are Garbo they are not for me they aren't comparable with any of the tackles that have been around the last few years and you're sort of looking at your your people are fitting in a tackle at 13 to the charges based on the need and not the reality of the talent on the board so go and get Villanueva get Leatherwood in the second round if he gets there Get Sam Cosme in the second round if he gets. I, th- I think gets I'd there. rather go Cosme than Leatherwood. Just I know Take he's he's well, yeah. Package the two thirds. Um, yeah, I, I think I prefer Cosme, even though he was he was what he was more of a right tackle, so, wasn't he? So, be, but, so Bez, is your strategy to trade to give our thirtieth pick away and and have a, a additional second round pick? I'm really open to the options. You know, if I'm going to agree with you a little bit and say that Sewell or bust, if if Sewell yes. Sewell drops enough and he's not too expensive, package some picks and go and get him. I agree. Don't get don't don't bank the house on him, but go and get him. But I'm much more in favour of taking a veteran tackle and then bringing in a developmental tackle, like trade instead Pitkins. of <laughs> trade. Trey's incredible. Love the guy. Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to start looking at who we hope falls, and I actually think there's going to be a run on quarterbacks in this draft. I think five are going to go in the top half of the draft. I think a few. I think you know, there's always surprises, so I think you're going to get a couple of cornerbacks sneaking up draft boards. You're going to get someone take a wide receiver that's unexpected. You're going to definitely see more edge players go early than people give credit for, because not necessarily because they they're good enough to go there, but because the drop off is so steep at edge that people are going to pay a premium. I think the same's true I with think... the receivers you you mentioned earlier as well. People are going to go mm. for those three receivers, and if one of them goes early and the second goes a couple of picks later. You will see people like clamouring to get that third receiver. What a take! Hundred percent agree, Dan. Spot on. And do you know who I think could sneak down draft boards? Because because I've looked at trends, and you get really talented players who should go early, 
at positions that are a bit odd. Dropping. We got Derwin James because he plays safety. He was talented. He is. Incredible talent. Yeah, he yeah, he incredibly talented. And yet he dropped. Not because of talent, because of his position and how people wanted to fit him in their organisation. And look at who went above him. Wide receivers who were supposed to go in the second round. A running back, positional players that, that people went, I have to have him, exactly as you said, Dan, coming up and getting him. I think, to go back an episode to last, last week, Kyle Pitts is going to drop. Kyle Pitts, I think, will sneak to the 13th pick and we should race to get him because he's Megatron in a tight end suit. Um, I, I'd be happy with, with Kyle Pitts. I said it a couple of weeks ago. If... Uh, I was saying if we didn't get if we didn't re-sign Henry, I'm all for going and getting Kyle Pitts with the thirteenth pick. Um, I like someone like Pat Frymouth in the second round, but again, all so, comes back to tackle, tight end, um, and corner. What order do we do them in? So having said all that, we we mentioned Daniel Jeremiah a lot on this podcast because you know we all respect him. If you look at his mock draft two point oh. Who are we taking in the first round at number 13? Jalen Waddle. <laughs> that's, that's if we address the offensive line of free agency. It's just like an absolute minefield. <laughs> it's interesting because as we get through free agency, the options narrow. And I think we're all honing our minds on that. But I, I just still think I'm going to bet the house on a corner or a tight end at 13. Take the best value off the board. Rent a veteran, um, a veteran in the uh, tackle market. Like Villanueva or Riley Reef, get a wide receiver in the in the bargain bait bin because there's going to be some plenty of names in there, and and you're good to go because you can't start, you can't fix every issue forever. Rent someone for a year. I'm happy to do that. Um, I'm going to quickly touch on guard. Um, there is you know there's not a lot in it this year. I, I I'm quite disappointed with the guards. The the O line stinks in the draft this year. It's like no one's mentioning it, but I don't like it. Um, I mean you're looking at. You know, we've already talked about Vera Tucker and Slater maybe being better at guard. After that, you are dropping off a cliff. Trey Smith out of Tennessee is a third-round pick for me. Steady, developmental. I'm not having that he's anything decent. Ohio State's Wyatt Davis, good in the ground game. Real vicious, vicious guy with upside. Think he can be a good guard, but you've got to invest. He can't start year one. So that is a second, third-round pick. There's no one that stands out to me apart from Tom Telesco is probably listening to this podcast and about to write this down. So get your pen, Tom. In the third round, there are two Notre Dame guards coming into the draft. Aaron Banks and Robin Hainsey. Guaranteed we're getting one of those. Loves a Notre Dame player. He loves them. And both of them are strong, great run blockers. And both of them had good weeks in the senior bowl. We know Tom Telesco likes the senior bowl and Notre Dame. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the third round twice and takes both of them. But um, I, I think that could be a pick. I'm not that keen on either of them. Um, are there any O-linemen that you guys are really in love with for this draft? Nope. No, other than what we've said. So just to summarise, after that confusing <laughs> rant, we're either going to be aggressive and trade up for Sewell or we're going to trade back, have a second, second round pick and get... Uh, Cosme and Slater, that's what we're saying. <laughs> In a roundabout yes, way. Yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> oh, it is. Some news dear whilst me. we're recording is that um, we mentioned Denzel Perryman going uh, potentially to Carolina. They've also signed Hassan Reddick. Um, 
Yeah. Ooh, interesting another pick. interesting draft linebacker to pair with Shaq Thompson. So, and, and after all that, Teleski will, will shake things up. We'll sign Najee Harris in the first round. <laughs> Please no. No, Travis um, Etienne. That concludes... That's, that's where we go. Yes. Ha, I love that name because that's another um, Wednesday player. Elias Etienne. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, guys, that concludes the wide receiver and O-line draft and free agent uh, overview. You know, let's let's see what happens. I, I'm going against the river. And I'm if I'm wrong, I'll hold my hand up. I'll eat another hat. But um, I'm, I'm just saying I don't think 13 is where it's at. Draft, trade back into the first, late first... Or trade up in the second to get your guy. Um, well, let's see what happens. John said, didn't he? At the end of the season, thirteen, no man's land. It's 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 a dangerous place to be. I mean, even Ansel Lynn buggered that one up, didn't he? You know, couldn't couldn't see his tank for uh, Sewell. <laughs> for Sewell. <laughs> Good oh Lord. dear me! Right, guys. Last but not least on today's podcast, I need help. As I mentioned. Uh, for the last few years, I have been the general manager of the NFL UK mock draft. Um, I am the GM of the Chargers. Um, how it works is it's real. It takes um, a couple of weeks. Uh, it's just real life. We get a number of hours to make our pick when it arrives. And the decisions Telesco makes in real life is the roster we inherit. But any decisions we make in the draft count. So... Um, any picks you give away, any trade-ups, fictional players are added to the roster. And I need your help, um, both you listening and you two guys helping me on the podcast today, um, to set my strategy, because it starts on Wednesday. Um, I'm going to talk you through what I did last year, before this podcast existed, uh, how I managed the, the draft for the Chargers. So I we obviously had the... Hang sixth, on a minute, we're not oh, going to get sued here. Is this, this is in breach of any rules, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is far from in breach. This is, this is all the spirit of it. So um, at six, uh, obviously we had the sixth pick. In real life, we took Herbert, one after Tua. Um, my strategy was to get Tua if he fell... He actually went third to the Lions in our draft. Um, but as far as I was concerned, when sixth came, Isaiah Simmons um, out of Clemson, the linebacker, dropped, and I was in love with the guy as a Derwin James backup. Um, I thought that if you've got one key that unlocks, uh, one key that unlo- uh, unpicks all locks, why not get another? Why not get an absolute standout? Um, so in my fictional world, Isaiah Simmons is on the roster. I thought he actually had a really good first year when he grew into it, became the best player for the Cardinals, loved the guy. Um, but I didn't go and get Justin Herbert. And then, lo and behold, Justin Herbert steadily dropped in our draft. And I went and traded, giving away a second round pick, a fourth round pick, and 2021's first round pick to come back up to number 10 took it off the Browns, and I went and picked Justin Herbert. So I did. I got him a little bit later, a bit cheaper than uh, Telesco managed, but I got myself two juicy first-round picks. Interestingly, Telesco also got two first-round picks, didn't he, last year? But um, in, in my world, um, you know, I've got Isaiah Simmons instead of Murray. So I also then um, used my later picks to pick up Donovan Peoples-Jones in the third round. So in my roster, we don't need a third wide receiver because he's f- flourishing in the Browns, talented, and, and I think he would really fit as that third receiver for us. I picked up Matt Hennessy to be a centre. Um, he's played a bit of centre, he's played a bit of guard for the Falcons. So actually, in my world, he's the guard, starting guard. So one less hole to fill. 
Um, I picked up Michael Warren running back in the sixth round. Talented, undrafted free agent that hasn't really hit it off in the NFL. Um, and I picked up Joe Backey Jr. out of Michigan State in the seventh round who didn't make a roster. So I did, I did flake out a little bit. But these guys are my guys. So I don't have a first round pick this year. So what am I going to do? Was... What, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should aggressively try and get back in the first? Do you think I should play it cool? Wait till this is my second round pick? Um, who should I target given I don't have the first round pick to to address the O-line or cornerback? Well, you're either going to, be, <laughs> you're going to do what I've already said. Be aggressive. Try and get back into the first round. But, you know, <clears throat> the fact that you haven't got a first round pick anyway, you're going to have to give everything away to get up and get Sewell. So... I would go for a strong second round pick on the O-line, Slater. Okay, your option will be put to the listeners on Twitter. Um, Dan, come at me. Um, are you trading up? I think you stay where you are, and you look to take someone like Pat Frymouth at tight end, someone who can start um, having lost Hunter Henry. Oh, I like that. I like that. We ignore the O line completely in this terrible, terrible O line. We've got Trey Pipkins. Got we're fine. <laughs> I like Trey Pipkins. Leave Trey Pipkins alone. Yeah, we've got Storm um, Norton. There you go. Storm. Uh, the storm is coming, definitely. Um, so, okay. So, we've got trade up and try and get in the first round or sit and get a tackle. Uh, we've got take a tight end in, in, in Fryermuth. Um, I'm going to put those options to Twitter. You'll get a chance to have your say ahead of the draft. I'll, I'll hone it in, get your say. There'll be plenty of votes. So give me your opinion. Get loud. Tell me what you want me to do and I will enact it as your general manager. Um, my, my inclination is there tends to be some good value in the NFL UK mock. You can sneak into the first. There's quite a few indecisive GMs. So maybe I'll look to to sneak in but I'm going to give you the option you can empower me and I can't wait to hear your takes um, and, and we'll be retweeting and talking about that in a couple of weeks time as the dust settles on the NFL UK mock check them out on Twitter um, guys any any last thing to wrap up from today's episode yeah I know we, we spoke about the wideouts and Jalen Waddle but just looking at uh, the mock draft Bucky Brooks on NFL Network, and I'm also looking at uh, Dan Marino's uh, mock draft on the draftnetwork.com, and both of those have got Jalen Waddle at number seven, which is quite interesting. Just means to say that he's obviously they rate him better than what we do. <laughs> so that's just to, just to add to the confusion, Telesco's training up and getting Jalen Waddle. Forget that offensive line nonsense. <laughs> yes, I agree with the second statement, not the first. <laughs> Dan, have you got anything for us? Uh, no. <laughs> I've loved your takes today, Dan. Thank you for that. So, guys, where can you be found on the socials? At Endzone85, coming from London at the weekend. And you'll find me just down the road at UKLA Chargers. In and you'll find, you'll find me absolutely nowhere near these two jokers because I've moved from south to north already. Uh, but I'm at Bez the Spaniard. The podcast is at Charged Up Pod. Come at us because we'll be tweeting all the way through the NFL UK mock so you can have your say. Um, and thank you for listening. Can't wait till next week when we see who the Chargers have signed and uh, which magic signees coupon Tom Telesco has brought in. Peace out.